huge fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and computers, cause I am a huge fucking nerd. One of a kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a goddamn debate. Today marks 35 years since the Challenger explosion. In 1986, Challenger broke apart 73 seconds into flight. Seven crew members were killed, including Krista McAuliffe, who would have been the first teacher in space. Today is also NASA's Day of Remembrance. The entire agency is set to commemorate space missions that ended in tragedy. Today we'll honor the crews of Apollo 1, Space Shuttle Columbia, and the Space Shuttle Challenger. All right, guys, welcome to the show. I... I didn't mean to start out the beginning of it to bum people out. Uh, you know, the Challenger explosion back in 1986. I've talked about this a lot on the Tuttle Daily Podcast and throughout my radio career, you know, because working in this business, you have to be in tune to what's going on in the news. And the Challenger explosion is the first real news story that I remember, like the first big, big news story, because I grew up in DeLeon Springs, DeLand area, and that morning, 35 years ago, all of the teachers, every single grade at McGinnis Elementary School, right there in DeLeon Springs, uh, all the teachers brought the students out because you could get a really good view of the space shuttle launch from where we were at. Maybe 30, 40 miles away from Kennedy Space Center, but you could see it. And the reason why a lot of the elementary school teachers or teachers just in general were so interested about it was Christy McCullough. You know, she was the first civilian that was able to go up on the space shuttle. She got chosen. And do yourself a favor. One of the best documentaries I watched last year, and I, I, I have to warn you guys, you're going to get pissed when you watch this documentary, but it is so good. But it is also depressing and sad at the same time. But just watch, go to Netflix. If you have Netflix, watch the documentary challenger and when you hear of all the things that that could have and didn't happen and how people it was all about money and getting the space shuttle up there because nasa had promised they were going to have a certain amount of uh, space shuttle launches a year they tried to launch on one of the coldest days ever in the state of florida I mean, it almost killed the orange juice crop, all the oranges here in the state of Florida. Uh, and they ended up deciding to launch that day. And there were so many of those engineers saying, hey, wait a minute. We have never, ever launched a space shuttle 
in this type of weather. And it's just, we don't know what's going to happen. And there were so many behind the scenes meetings that were happening or like, no, you're going to launch, you're going to launch. And there was a couple of people. They needed like, I think a majority, like a certain percentage of the people on the launch command. And there was one guy, there was one guy that was holding out and you could tell that he didn't want to, but it was kind of like one of those things. We've all been there right now, especially going through this pandemic, that we don't want to lose our jobs. And the guy got pressured into it. And it ended up being because of the cold weather uh, made the O-rings and the solid rocket boosters brittle. And you can actually see where the fire escapes out of that one solid, uh, solid rocket booster and then hits the big tank. So this all could have been avoided, but the reason why all the teachers sent us out there is because Kristen McCullough, she was a teacher. And I, I always wonder, because they ended up picking two teachers. They did, see, because at the time, the reason why they wanted to have a teacher on the space uh, shuttle was that when the, when the space shuttle first came out, everybody was like, hell yeah, Star Trek, this is the way of the future, the Jetsons. And then it kind of died out. You know, Americans, it, it wears off really, really quick. But, I mean, it's still a, a marvel for us as animals, because that's all we are as humans. We're animals. We figured out how to get to outer space. So they wanted to hit the younger generation and they were like, we're going to pick all these teachers. We're going to pick these teachers and then we're going to send them up on the space shuttle and they're going to do a lesson plan. So they ended up picking two teachers out. They, they ended up picking Kristen McCullough and I forget the name of the alternate, but they had an alternate just in case. And these were the first civilians because for the most part, it was Air Force people that were going up on the space shuttle. Uh, so these women, they had to go through all the training uh, and they had the alternate one. And I always, always wondered, and they, they did interview her a little bit in this Challenger documentary that you can find on Netflix. But how would you feel as her? Like, you know, you almost made it. Yeah, it sucks that you didn't get chosen to go into space on the space shuttle. But then there, there was some behind the scenes footage um, during the launch of Challenger and the girl that was the, the alternate, the one that easily could have been on the space shuttle that day, Challenger. Uh, you should have heard her reaction because at the moment, nobody had ever seen anything like this. And, and they weren't for sure what had happened. I mean, I mean, looking back on it now, we're like, man, it was pretty obviously they were, they were oh, well. And that's another debatable thing. I was about to say they were all dead as soon as it exploded, but there supposedly are recordings because I've seen people break down the videos. Even though back in the day, whenever that was shot, I think CNN was covering it. Uh, the video, it was, it was kind of grainy and stuff, but they've had people been able to clear, clean it up and you could see the capsule, the capsule where all of the astronauts were, was still fully intact because that's how they designed it. They, they wanted it to be able to break away and, and it did. And 
from what everybody's saying is that the astronauts were actually still alive on that way down. And they said that on the way down, it was only, it was like a minute, minute 20. But they said they hit so hard, there's no way, like, everybody was killed on impact. But how terrifying of a ride after the big, big bomb that you were just on that was supposed to shoot you up in the space exploded, and now you're ejected out. And I'm sure whoever the pilot was uh, probably was still trying to fly that mother effer too. Even though there was no wings on it, I bet he was doing everything he could to be able to get that thing down and lay it down. But it, it's just a sad thing. Uh, and, and they also mentioned all the other accidents that had happened. The Apollo 1 uh, if you ever watched the movie Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks, they actually talk about that a little bit. And that was not even in flight. They were, they were doing a simulation. And I don't know exactly what happened, but there was a fire in the cabin. And they couldn't get the latches, the hatch door open fast enough to be able to get those astronauts of Apollo 1 out. And they ended up burning to death. Uh, Gus Grissom, you know, Gus Grissom, I, I don't see, that's where I'm confused. Cause I thought Gus Grissom was in the movie Apollo 13. I mean the character, not, not the actual person, but what I'm trying to say is that I think Gus Grissom was on Apollo one. And then the other one was, uh, Columbia. And if you look back on it, that, that accident was completely avoidable, just like the Challenger disaster. They knew they knew that those heat panels were messed up because that foam and that and, and that's the thing about it. The foam coming off of that fuel tank had been happening for a while. You know that's why they ended up shooting uh, the rocket or space shuttles up during the daytime now because they wanted to have it all camered up just to make sure. Any foam did not hit any of the heat panels on the way down. But you knew NASA had to know that those heat panels were messed up and they did nothing about it. I mean, there's really no way to get that up there and be able to fix things. I That's why I've never understood why they never had two shuttles ready to go at all time. The one that the one that you're going to be launching, okay, and then a backup just in case that one. So, so just imagine the second shuttle is like triple A shuttle, okay? It, it's like the Road Rangers, but it's a Space Ranger. You know, your your space shuttle, your heat panels got messed up from from some uh, a Stone Age type foam that came off of an external fuel tank. And it messes up your heat panel. Call the Space Rangers or call AAA to be able to get up there and fix it. But no, they they don't have anything like that. And I don't know. Well, I mean, if you were an astronaut, or say you're the guy on the ground that knows, hey man, those heat panels are messed up, but there's really nothing we can do about it. Would you want the astronauts to know and maybe, just maybe fingers crossed, 
that the heat panels are going to hold up? Because I, I, I think that's a little messed up. I think you need to let the astronauts, the ones whose lives are on the line, and let them make that call. Hey, uh, J- uh, Billy Bob or Joe Bob. I don't know why I went redneck hillbilly Appalachian Mountain moonshiner name for an astronaut, but uh, yeah, you're like, hey, Billy Bob, uh, we may think there might be a problem with the heat panels. Um, we think you might be all right when you come in, but there's a good chance your ship could break up on reentry and you'll die in a flaming fireball like it's an asteroid. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want to do? I say you, I, you got to leave it up to the astronauts. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, because it's their lives. But I know a lot of those astronauts, they would take that chance. They really would. There's really nothing you can do. Imagining, imagine this, guys. Like, we're, we're talking about one of, uh, the, one of the bigger government agencies, NASA. I don't even know if it is even a part of the government, but it's governed by the government. And I've never understood why they don't have contingency plans. They, they just, uh, they don't have them. Like, wouldn't you want to have a contingency plan? Hey, what happens if one of our heat panels goes out? Hey, what happens if it's almost 20 degrees right when we're about to launch? I mean, those are the type of questions that these who are supposed to be the brightest and smartest that we have to offer, and they're just not doing it. You want to know why? Because big government gets into it. Lobbyists. Greed. Greed is what gets these people's people killed in NASA. And and that's exactly what it is. That I mean, until we get rid of that, we're putting these astronauts at at, at risk. And when the sad thing is, the sad thing is, is that these astronauts, they they they, they look at it as like they're serving their country and they really, really are. But guess what? They know the risk. Just, I mean, YouTube what it's like for an astronaut to be in the space shuttle or a rocket and go up. And they'll tell you. That whole ride, especially with the solid rocket boosters that we use, people think you can just shut those things off. No, you can't. That's that's the one thing about solid uh, state rocket boosters or whatever. And uh, Not a solid state hard drive, but the, the solid rocket boosters. Once you light those bad boys, uh, there's no turning them off. You, you know how you turn it off? When it runs out of fuel. So there's got to be a better way for us to do it. And I know a lot of you people are probably like, why the hell are we talking about the space program? Well, number one, I grew up in the area. I mean, the space program is so important. A lot of you people want to get out there and you want to talk about um uh what what like things do for the economy that area around cape canaveral melbourne just that whole area uh the businesses when when they used to do the space shuttle programs those places would be packed filled to the brim people spending money buying food buying gas and guess what here in the state of florida we don't have a state income tax we got sales tax so we're pretty much telling the tourists, pay our taxes. That's how we get away with it here in the state of Florida. And we lost out on a lot of that. And I'm going to get to it here in a future show 
But there is a pretty big rivalry brewing between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Because for the longest time, Bezos was the uh, richest guy in the world. And now Elon passed him up. But they have both. See, Elon gets all of the credit when it comes to the space stuff. Uh, But a lot of people forget Jeff Bezos. He's, I think it's the Blue Horizons Origins. I, I'm not exactly sure, but but he's into the space race. And I just feel like you're, you know, back in the day, it was Russia versus the United States and who was going to get to the moon first. Mark my words, this is going to be a big, big feud between Bezo and uh, uh, Musk because those two extremely white, Caucasian people are battling for the first to step foot on Mars. Going to take a quick break. When I come back, I got some audio uh, that I want to talk about from a radio show that I used to work on. Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality professionally i'm not in the best position that i've ever been in and hot talk satirizer you would think with everything that's going on a caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an african-american or a minority you're listening to the tuttle daily podcast wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you well you can Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. So uh, I'm going to get into something, and I got to be careful about the way that I talk about it because people just love to stir things up. I know that I've been guilty of it. I grew up, I was a talk radio junkie. I loved it. I loved it when all the other radio shows were at each other's throats. They had a rivalry going. And this is not the case. This is, this is not me. I, I want you to know I have no problems with anybody at the BRA. I, I love everybody. You know, in the past, I mother F Bubba every chance that I got whenever I was let go or he fired me. But that, that's the thing about radio is that I, I love radio. I take it personally when I'm fired. And I'll admit, I made a lot of mistakes. I burned a lot of bridges. But this time around, I have it. You can't take anything away from what Bubba has accomplished. Bubba the Love Sponge has accomplished. In his radio career, I mean, the guy is one of the goats. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, and I don't even dislike this person. Like, I, seriously, for the longest time, I had the most respect for Seth Cush. 
You know, I, I had uh, Michael Sharkey on uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about it. And Michael Sharkey even told me, he was like, listen, Seth is a great producer. He knows when he needs to talk. He's great at self-editing. And Seth has always been cool to me. But as of late, you know, I don't understand what his problem is with me. I don't know if he sees me as a threat. Or whatever it may be. I don't know why he would see me as a threat. I mean, like, I've I've been uh, regulated down to doing a podcast in a beat-up 2006 PT Cruiser in a place I call the Hobo Fish Camp. So, right now, Seth is winning. Seth is winning. But he got upset when I did that last YouTube video. By the way, I think it's got, like, 7,000 views so far the one that I did for Bubba the Love Sponge Show, but he blocked me, blocked me on every single bit of the social media that involves Bubba the Love Sponge, I guess, because I made that one joke. I asked my dad in that video, I said, what would you do, dad, if uh, somebody no-called, no-showed for work that day? And I, I think he took that personally. And that's that's the thing that I don't get about Seth. Seth, Seth loves to stir it up, but when it's brought his way, he get he gets butt hurt. But the reason I'm talking about all this is that because I've I've been in the spot before. I've been in the spot before where Bubba maybe was dealing. We all know that Bubba deals with chronic kidney stones, and sometimes he has to leave, or sometimes he just doesn't show up for work. And it's not like he doesn't care. Um, I've never had kidney stones before, but from what I hear, it's one of the most painful things you can ever go through. And I remember one time Bubba halfway through the show had to leave because he was in so much pain. He had to go to the doctor. Guess who stepped in? Guess who stepped in? Got the, got in there, ran the board, drove the show for the last two hours. And did I hesitate? No, I did not hesitate when Bubba said, Hey, I need you to host. I jump right right in there because if you are a true radio person and you love the business, when you get that opportunity to sit in the big big seat and host a show, not just only show, uh, uh, just a show, not not some local morning hackish morning zoo type radio show. No, we're talking about a nationally syndicated radio show. Oh well, not even nationally syndicated, internationally syndicated because. Bubba, I don't know if he is now, but was up on in, in Canada. So when when Bubba needs somebody to fill in, you jump at it. You don't even hesitate because you you don't know whenever you're ever going to get that chance. But I guess recently Bubba was dealing with the kidney stones again or, or whatever it may be. And somebody had to sit in and fill in as the host. And I don't know if a lot of you people know this, but in radio, especially in talk radio, a lot of the hosts, they don't run their own board. Bubba runs his own board. And I don't think you guys realize how difficult it is to be able to play all the spots, uh, run a tight board, make sure everything sounds correct, as well as pitch a topic, give your opinion on stuff. It is way, way more difficult than what most people think. Uh, I'll give you an example. At Real Radio 104.1, none of the hosts, not one single host, runs their own board. 
So it is a little intimidating getting back there, having to host, run your own board. But not only, uh, this is one thing that differs at the BRN, the way that Bubba's studio is set up, it is completely different than any other studio you're ever going to see because Bubba's kind of up on a pedestal. He's got a lot of monitors in front of him. And when we're doing the show, like, for example, when it was myself, 25 Cent, and Manson, and Trey's, when we're doing the show, we cannot see Bubba at all. Like, cannot even see the top of his head. And that was something I had to adjust to uh, because every other radio show or talk studio show that I've ever worked in, you can see the host. But guess who stepped up to the pump? Guess who was like, you know what, Bubba, if you're going to be out, I will take the reins. And it's not who you think it would have been. I mean, let, let's break this down, okay? Doesn't everybody consider Seth Cush the number two guy? And when you think that the number two guy, the one that everybody says that is God's gift to radio, would be the one that would take the reins, get behind the board, and host the show, but it wasn't Seth. It was Anna Hummel. Anna stepped up to the plate. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be completely honest. I was completely wrong about Anna Hummel. Like, w- the way that I was talking about her and, and talking about her talents and her abilities as a broadcaster, that was just me lashing out. Because I got to tell you, I, I've been checking out some of the shows that she's been hosting. And it's tough for a woman, for a female to be able to get into that environment and hang with the boys and be able to take jokes and give it back. I think Anna Hummel is absolutely knocking it out of the park. And she proved it by stepping up. And taking on the reins. What? The, the creepiest thing about this is that Blitz, myself, and Bubba during the after show were discussing what to do if if Bubba hey. was a no show. See, and that's the difference between talk radio and music radio, which uh, music radio is where Seth cut his teeth at on ninety seven X. But when you're dealing with an all talk radio show. Yeah, I mean, best of is great, but if you got somebody that could fill in, uh, listeners, your your content people that are listening to your show on a daily basis would rather have live content. And uh, I'll go back to Real Radio 104.1. Everybody, every show, uh, The Monsters in the Morning, The Shannon Burke Show, the Phillips file, Drew Garabo, any of the day parts, they all had a number two guy, a number two guy that would fill in and take over the reins and would host the show just in case of an emergency. And you had to fill in like on the monsters, uh, dirty Jim, dirty Jim would fill in as the host any single time Russ was out. So my question is, why is Seth not being the host on this show? If Seth is good at as good in radio as everybody claims that he is, why is he not the one getting up there and 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 taking the ball? Like 
this reminds me so much of that woman coach that's the assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs. I for, I forget what her name is, but uh, Greg Popovich the other day ended up getting ejected from the game, and instead of giving it to the dude because there are there dude assistant coaches out there, you know what he did? He gave it to the female. He gave it to the broad and said, the reins are yours. And you know what she did? She didn't hesitate. She's like, hell yeah. I love this opportunity, uh, Coach Pop. I'm going to do you proud. And this is the same exact thing, Anna. You know, like, I'm not saying she doesn't have experience in radio, but you would also have to admit uh, Seth has way more experience. Why, why is Anna uh, running the board? Why is Anna the first voice that I'm hearing on this piece of audio. Yeah, it's it's been edited. Yeah, it's been edited. I, I, I cut out some of the fad, but like when it comes to the BRN, if you're sitting behind the board, you are the host. Plain and simple. If you are sitting in Bubba's spot running his board, you're the host. Not you, Seth. Not you sitting in the number two spot. By the way, <laughs> what the hell happened? You guys did like a two-hour, three-hour after show yesterday? Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was, <laughs> it was probably one of the best ones we've ever had. But yeah, yeah we were just... Didn't we... I know this is really morbid, but we were even discussing like what would happen if Bubba, um, you know... Yeah, is no longer around at all. <laughs> Kick the can. Listen, let's, let's not act like this discussion of what we would do if Bubba kicked the can... Because that shit's been talked about for years upon years. You know, I started at the BRN in 2010, and, and it was talked about all the time. You know, uh, I think uh, Chris Craddock or one of these other shows, you know, when, when the main host dies, instead of changing the name of the show, they're actually keeping the same name of the show. They just put a new host in. So... This discussion of Bubba dying, maybe for health reasons or an overdose, not saying that Bubba takes drugs or anything. I'm just giving you examples of something that could happen. Who would step in? What would be done? Would the BRN still, like, exist? Does Bubba want the show to go on and it still be called the Bubba the Love Sponge show? Maybe with the new host? And I got to tell you, and I'm not trying to get creepy, but goddamn, uh, you know, like I said, I was kind of standoffish with Anna Hummel at first when she started at the BRM, but she might have one of the sexiest voices when it comes to female personalities in talk radio. I mean, just listen to it. Jesus effing Christ. Why did, I was just surprised because Bubba said he didn't get uh, back from the racetrack yesterday until 1 o'clock in the morning. And then to do a two-hour after show was just, I mean, he, he, he must, was not in the right state of mind to do <laughs> anything. <I don't> know. <laughs> and do we know if he went to sleep immediately? Was he planning on missing yeah. today's show? Is this like a test? Because I'm That's not. What I was wondering. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this test. I had absolutely no idea that this was happening. Anna do, doesn't want to do this. Do no, I don't do want to be disclaimer here. blitz. Okay, I'm not trying to be a dick, but that comment that Seth just made just it blows my mind. As a broadcaster, if you are passionate about the business, you are just waiting 
you are waiting for that opportunity to step up and prove yourself. And you're talking about Anna's not uh, ready for this. Why, why, are, why are you throwing Anna under the bus there? At least Anna had the balls, even though she's a female. Uh, she had bigger balls to get behind the board and run it. Why, why is Seth not back there running the board? As the number two guy, you should be the one back there running the board. Now, there could be some things behind the scenes. Maybe they've discussed this. Maybe this is just a bit. You know, I could be talking out of my ass right now, not knowing this. This could all be a bit. You know, they talked the day before. Oh, hey, uh, oh, yeah, Bubbles. Like, I'm going to be out tomorrow. So we're going to do this bit. Uh, Anna's going to host. Uh, everything's going to sound uh, out of whack. We're going to make it like, oh, yeah, but uh, the show can't deal without Bubba. No, that's that's not the way that it should be. And I know a lot of you people are going to be like, well, Tuttle, you didn't host. Um, I'll, here, I'll give you a little bit of feedback. You, you want to know what prepared me that made me fearless? And I'm not saying that I'm the best, because a lot of the times that I've hosted, it, it's been a train wreck. But I would tell you, like, when, even when I first started with Ron and Fez at WKRO, uh, 93 won the crow in Daytona Beach, and you got to think about this. We, we worked in a studio. We didn't have a delay. Uh, if we took any phone calls, we had, to, we had to record our phone calls while music was playing, edit them, and then, and then rebroadcast them. Uh, and Ron and Fez used to play this joke on me all the time. Uh, out of nowhere, they'd be like, so what, you, you think this broadcasting is easy? You know, you've only been an intern for a couple of months. Oh, you think it's easy? Okay, cool. So Ron and Fez would walk out of the studio, like leave me in the studio and tell me, hey, uh, you, you got the next 10, 15 minutes. Was I great? Hell no. It, it was horrendous. Uh, I, it was maybe one of the first panic attacks that I've ever had in my life because think about this. I didn't know how to run the board yet. So it's not like if I got in trouble that I could go to commercial because I, I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't take live phone calls because we don't have a delay. So I basically had to sit in there for the 10 or 15 minutes, which felt like a goddamn hour and a half until Ron and Fez came back in. And guess what? The program director, Taft Moore, he hated it. He hated it. Why are you letting this worthless piece of crap have the studio all to himself, but Ron and Fest. And guess what? Looking back on it now, it was pretty goddamn funny. And I'll also give you another example. How I stepped up to the plate, even though that I didn't think I was ready, but I, 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 I took the opportunity. Uh, after Drew Garabo was fired from nights at Real Radio 104.1, uh, they all knew that they were going to hire the Buckethead show, Jason Bailey. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's hosting mornings at Rock 100.5 up in Atlanta. Buckethead he used to be the producer on Doc and Johnny. Uh, they all knew that he was coming in at nights, but they wanted to do a bit. You know, most radio things, they all like to do gimmicks. And they were like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we made people think that Tuttle, the part-time intern, 
the uh, the part-time screw-up. We gave him night. Now, they wanted me to do it, and it was a great bit. Me and, and guess what? Did I want to do it? No, but I knew the opportunity that it was, and it was me, because I, I had to kill a whole week before the Buckethead show was going to start. So I did a whole week from 7 p.m. until 11 p.m. No call screener. No co-host. It was just me, the board, that I had to run my own board, and no call screener, taking a live effing phone calls. And I did that for a whole week. Five days for four hours a night. And I got to tell you, the first show was absolutely horrendous, but I got in my stride. I got my confidence up. And it was one of the greatest things. It, it helped me learn. It helped me learn just to just throw caution to the wind and really not give an F of what people thought. And, and it helped me with my confidence. So what I'm trying to say is, why is Seth letting Anna take the lead when you're supposed to be this high and mighty number two guy on the uh, nationally syndicated uh, radio show, Bubba the Love Sponge. And stuff, because I see it's a long way to the top still running in the background. Then, it's potted down, probably. Jesus, I, I miss Lummy, man. And I get, I get that he has to be careful. I know, like, he can't be seen taking pictures and stuff with me. And, and, and I get it. I'm not mad at Lummy at all. I'm actually really, really happy for him. I think he's doing a tremendous job on the uh, the Bubble Love Sponge show at the BRN. But, uh, you know, just to give you a little behind-the-scene things, you know, they love to mess with Lummox. They, they love to push his buttons. And I wanted to give you a little bit of an insight. You know, Lummy sometimes goes on these rants on the show and that's pretty close to Lummy when he is mad but I gotta tell you it is pretty goddamn scary when you see Lummox and true like rage like when Lummy loses it when he turns into that uh, primordial like animalistic behavior because there was one time when I was living with him at his house, he got mad about something. And I, I saw him crush a very, and I'm not talking like a cheap toaster that you would get somewhere. I'm talking about a very high quality toaster that he basically just demolished with his own bare hands. And when Lummy really, really rages, and I'm just waiting for the day when they push Lummox to that edge, because I, 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 I think everybody on the show looks at Lummy as the gentle giant, and I don't think they actually truly realize that Lummox could kill every single person on that show. With his bare hand. Like, he doesn't even need a weapon. He doesn't need a knife. He doesn't need any of that stuff. I'm telling you right now, 
he would kill every single person at the BRN with his bare hands. The only thing that would stop him would be because Blitz does carry. Blitz would have to cap him. Blitz would have to put a bullet right in the back of Lummy's head to stop him from killing every single member of the BRN with their bare with his bare hands. What's what is popping up? Both, both next gens. Both oh, next gens. You want me to put it? You want? To... Well, it's probably still running. It is because Cave hit it. What was you going to say? Me to turn, is that off? Disclaimer? On a side note, this is something I wanted to bring up, and I I have no inside Iggy. I don't know any inside information on anything, but am I the only one that is hearing the sexual chemistry between Blitz and Anna Hummel? I, 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 and, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to shock jock or anything, but just being on an outside, because I, I don't know any of the inside stuff. You know, a lot of you guys, you know, when when Colton was still working there, I'm sure a lot of people thought like Colton would tell me stuff. And and if I'm being honest, uh, Colton really never talked about work at the BRN after I left. But I've been noticing this a little bit. And I think there is some type of sexual tension between Blitz and Anna Hummel. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You you want me to be honest? I think that would be a, a goddamn motherfucking power couple in the Tampa Bay area if Anna Hummel and Blitz were an item. And I, I'm just throwing that out there. Like I said, I, I don't know. I do not have any inside information. But if I was a betting man, I would say that Blitz and Anna at the very least, have become good friends. But I would not be shocked if somebody told me that Blitz and Anna are having a sexual relationship. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Here's the disclaimer. To... This, is, the disclaimer. this is disclaimer. This is hell. This is going to hell. <laughs> well, Seth. I mean, if everybody thinks that you're the second coming of Radio Jesus. You're the messiah of terrestrial radio that has been brought back to save all of our souls. Why aren't you step stepping in? I mean, if this is a train wreck, save us. Save our souls. You've been brought back to cleanse our sins when it comes to being shock jock radio people. You know, like, Seth, why are you not stepping up to the pump? You're the number two guy. Why are you so unprepared? I don't give a damn. Even back in my drinking days, uh, when I would wake up and be hungover every single morning, and I'd be so hungover that I would take a double dosage of Adderall just to kick out of my hangover. If I had the opportunity to host a nationally syndicated radio show on a heritage show like the Bubba the Love Sponge show, you bet your ass I'm going to get up there, I'm going to get behind the board, and I'm going to rock that motherfucker like it's nobody's business, but you didn't do it. You let the woman, you let the female. That's why I made the comparison between Greg Popovich 
getting ejected out of that basketball game, and instead of giving it to one of the dudes that's one of the assistant coaches, they gave it to the female. And guess what? She made a name for herself. So what type of opportunity did you miss out on, Seth Cush, for not stepping up to the plate and hosting the show and running the board? Everyone in chat is asking where Bubba is. Yeah, we have the same question. We don't know. Oh, my chat's not up. Listen, I apologize. This is Don't blame me. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I call bullshit on that statement that you don't have chat open. I mean, you are so sensitive. You're such a bitch when it comes to taking a joke because you love to stir stuff up, Seth. You love to, you know, uh, my old program director, uh, Chris Kammeyer, used to say, the joke's always funny when it's not on you. And Seth loves to, uh, to stir the pot. They should start calling him Stink Stick, just like uh, Russ Rollins back in the day. You, you love to stir it up. But when the uh, the heat reversal comes your way, you act like a big bleeding vagina when it comes to that. Like, I, I didn't even mention you by name when it comes to that YouTube video that I did, but you blocked me on every single thing. I don't know what type of good business practice that is because we're all in the business of trying to get the biggest audience. And I don't see how it helps when you block people that have something bad to say about you. I mean, do you realize after uh, I tried to hurt myself and I was in the hospital, do you know how many pictures of ceiling fans that I had tweeted at me? Did I block any of those? No. I mean, I'll, I'll show you. I don't have one single person muted. I don't have one single person blocked. So... What I'm trying to say is, Seth, let's not act like you don't have the chat open. We called the big man. Do we know? I don't I, know. I have sent multiple texts. Texts. Text, text. Should we send someone over to Tara's house? Um, let me, let me call him. Look, I know that Bubba's fine, but when I just heard that part where they said, hey, uh, should we uh, call Tara to check and see if Bubba's okay? That brought me back to when I worked on the Shannon Burke show and we found out that Colin Brady died. And I don't want people to think I'm being disrespectful or hoping that Bubba kicks the bucket. No, but like that, that was really, really eerie because, you know, that day that that Colin Brady, he didn't show up for work. And somebody ended up going to his house and finding him dead in his apartment. And and I'm not I'm not trying to compare the two. It's just I got that same feeling. It brought me right back to that day, the day when I worked on the Shannon Berg show when we were on Bubba Army Radio to find out that Colin G. Brady had died. You know, like seriously. And I mean, what would have happened? Say if, say if Bubba would have been dead and that's the reason he didn't show up for work, who's going to take over the reins? Like I said, Seth, you're supposed to be the number two. I, I would almost guarantee, because I, I, I don't know the figures, but I can almost guarantee you without a doubt, Seth is the uh the number two highest paid person on the show 
I mean, I would hope not. Uh, in my opinion, if you ask me who deserved the second biggest salary at the BRN, oh yeah, Blitz. Blitz all day. Blitz deserves every single dime that Bubba has to spare to pay him. But yeah, I, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. It, it just it brought me back to that day that we ended up finding Colin Brady dead in his apartment. Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to pick up. This is when was the last time something like this happened, Blitz? You're the It's been quite a while. Historian. Oh, but it's happened. Yeah. It, like 98 Rock Days used to happen all the time. Oh, well, man. It happened, really? it happened, I think, once a little bit ago. But it was the same thing with the track. Just going out on a limb here. But I would almost think that Lummy would have more balls to step up to the plate and host the show before Seth Cush. I mean, it, it just blows my mind. Like, seriously. It, it really, really does. You know, everybody talks about Seth is good at this, Seth is good at that. And, and I'm not taking anything away. I, I think Seth is a very talented radio broadcaster, but I got to tell you, I, I lost a little bit of respect. Like, Seth, that is your spot. That is your place. I know that you're a big Game of Thrones fan back in the day. I mean... Uh, that's like if when Joffrey died and the Iron Throne was right there. It was there. All you had to do was sit on it and you would have been king. But you didn't take the opportunity the day that Bubba was out and then you let Anna get behind the board. But guess what? I'm glad that it happened. Because I got to tell you, Anna Hummel, I mean, she is good at what she does. Like, I was completely off basis. I was wrong about Anna Hummel. Anna Hummel is the future of radio, if I'm just being honest. What is, what's protocol for when this happens? Well, is that's it, what we asked him yesterday. Needs- I'm glad you asked, Seth. Let's talk about protocol. For the most part, protocol is that the number two guy steps up to the plate, becomes a leader, and carries on with the show like nothing is ever missing. And you failed at that. You didn't step up. You did not take the responsibility. And you let the female get in there. And you know what? I'm glad you did. Because it actually shows how really, really good Anna Hummel is as a radio broadcasting professional. Give us an answer. Mm, okay, there's no pro. Okay, that means That's we got- what's so eerie about this whole thing is we discussed this on the after show and then today's a no show. Yeah. Well, absolutely, we're blaming you for this, Anna. I mean, Excuse me, why? I really don't get that comment. Like, I mean, we're blaming this on Anna Hummel for what? At least Anna Hummel had the intestinal fortitude to step up to the plate, get behind the board, and be a leader. And you didn't do that, Seth. I mean, I I still like you. I, I think Seth is a great person. I just don't understand why he has such a problem with me. Is it because I'm a threat? Uh, does he not like me as a person? I know he likes to say that the only thing I have to offer is controversy. But, I mean, that's pretty much a very hypocritical statement. For him to say, because, I mean, he's always trying to stir stuff up. That's why I brought up that thing about Chris Kampmeyer back in the day telling me, you know, the joke is always funny when it's not on you. So, 
Seth likes to make the jokes on other people, but when the joke's on him, it's not funny, and he acts like a goddamn bitch. But for the most part, like I said, I still love everybody on the BRN. think Bubba is still head and shoulders above any other broadcaster out there. I think Caveman is become an amazing producer. I think Blitz, I mean, Blitz is one of the realest guys that I've ever worked with in radio. Uh, I mean, he doesn't mix words with you. He tells you exactly how he feels, and I, I thought that was why uh, Bubba's decision to make him the general manager was a great decision because Blitz knows how to deal with people. So I'm done with my rant. I have went really, really wrong. I'm sure this is going to be a big heat getter. I know that people are going to be mad at me for the things that I had to say, but I'm not trashing the show itself. I still think that the Bubba the Love Sponge show is a heritage show. The guys are still killing it. And, you know, I understand the show has to evolve. I know that Bubba is happy with his crew right now. And whatever makes Bubba happy, it makes him more comfortable as a broadcaster. I'm fully behind that. So I'm happy for Bubba 100%. Going to take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com. Or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch you up. Definitely not your grandma's embroidery. All right, welcome back, guys. Last segment of the show. If you listened to yesterday's show, you know that I am house-sitting for my mom's friend who was going over to the Hard Rock uh, Seminole Casino to play. So I'm having to house sit. I'm watching her dog. I got a couple of meetings that I got to go to earlier. So I got to kind of plan out the walking schedule. How are you, Izzy? Uh, it, that's the name of the dog. Hey, Izzy. I wish you could bark. Uh, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you get a chance, go to any of my social media, twitter.com slash Tuttle, facebook.com slash Tuttle, Instagram.com slash Tuttle, any of those. Just search Tuttle. I also have a Reddit forum. Uh, Go to Reddit.com. Just search The Tuttle Daily Podcast. And it's a, I want it to be a place where any of the supporters of the show can go on, post stuff, discuss things that they heard on the show, post stuff that's going on in their lives, post stories that they saw in the news. Anything, just go to reddit.com, search the Tuttle Daily Podcast. 
couple of ways you can reach out and contact me. You can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you enjoyed today's show, and I will talk to you tomorrow. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Do you want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com, Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?